And the pastor nodded to the other chair on the other side of the bed. And the old man smiled. And he said, Pastor, let me tell you about that chair. He said, several years ago, I was having trouble praying. And so I talked to my pastor about that. And my pastor said to me, he said, don't worry about kneeling or getting in a certain posture for prayer. He said, what you should do, he said, and, and it helps a lot, is to be able to, to sit down and to pull a chair close, an empty chair. Imagine Jesus sitting in that chair and then just simply talk to him as you would talk to a friend. And the old man said, so it really worked for me and I've been doing it ever since. A little bit later, the pastor got a phone call from the elderly man's daughter. And as the pastor picked up the phone, the daughter said, I, I can't believe it, pastor, but my dad is gone. I, I, I never expected it. I, I didn't see, he didn't seem to be all that sick. I just went and I, I laid down for a couple of hours. He seemed to be sleeping so peacefully. And when I got back, he was gone. But the daughter said thoughtfully, the only thing that seemed kind of strange is that I found him with his hand on the empty chair next to his bed. She said, does that sound a little strange? The pastor said, no, that doesn't sound strange to me at all. You see, he simply took the hand of Jesus and walked home. And I think that's a powerful story that I wanted to start with this morning because it really helps us understand the whole nature of prayer. Sometimes we make prayer this complicated thing and we think that we have to do it with certain words in a certain way in a certain time and all of that's good for us to do in a routine. But ultimately, when you break all of that stuff down, prayer is about a relationship. It's about a relationship with Jesus. It's about a relationship with our Heavenly Father. So I wanna talk about that a little bit this morning. We're finishing up our series of sermons right now entitled Deep Roots. And we've been talking about the fact that in our own lives, we wanna grow strong and true. And we do that by developing deeps, deep roots into the ground that can help us stand no matter what happens no matter when the winds of change and all those things blow in our lives. So we've looked at the deep roots of identity and unity and teamwork and integrity. And today I want to talk about the last root in our series, and that is prayer. And I've entitled this message, Stand Strong, Keep Praying, because I absolutely believe that prayer is essential. It's essential for every single one of us to live the Christian life that God has asked us to and to do that the way that God has intended for us to live. So let's pray as we focus in on the message this morning. Lord Jesus, would you draw us close this morning? That we could put that empty chair in front of us in our minds and just picture you sitting there, teaching us from your word, sharing with us, Lord, what it means for us to have that continual relationship with you through prayer. And so, Lord, I pray that these words, Lord, would be the words of your Holy Spirit to our hearts this morning, and that you would speak to us, Lord, in ways that only you can do. We ask this in the precious name of Christ. Amen.
Well, we've been looking at the book of Ephesians during this uh, series of messages, and it's really a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the early Christians as they were uh, developing the early church. And we talked about first that we have to receive this amazing gift of God's grace. And then he talks about in the second half of the letter about how we live that out as Christians every single day that we have a responsibility to live in the way that God has intended for us. And so the very last thing that Paul does here, so we've worked our way through chapters one through five, and we're gonna finish it with chapter six, the last chapter of Ephesians this morning. And the very last thing that Paul does, he begins the book of Ephesians with prayer and praying for them, but the very last thing he does is to teach them about prayer, to teach them how to pray and how to make that a part of their everyday life. Prayer is what makes everything else work. If we really wanna understand God, if we really wanna understand grace, if we really wanna live out the Christian faith every single day, if we wanna have peace in the midst of this crazy world that we live in, it starts with prayer. Prayer is what makes everything else work. And so he writes this in Ephesians chapter six, verse 10. You'll see that coming up here on the screen. He tells them, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. You see, as Christians, he's saying that our strength comes from Christ. The strength that we have, that inner strength, that peace that that the world cannot take away, that comes from this relationship with Christ. It's this continual filling of strength in our lives. If you wanna know where that strength comes from, it comes from this continual relationship with Christ. And the power of prayer enables us to stand with God and against the temptations of our world every single day. Prayer is sort of this energy for living that we need and we really can't thrive without it. We can survive without prayer, but we really can't thrive without prayer. We can't do it in our individual lives and we certainly can't do it here at the church. And throughout this series, we've been sort of going over the core values that we have here at Redeemer. And so one of those is also this. One of our core values here is that prayer is the cornerstone of all that we do. Prayer is the cornerstone of all that we do here. We believe in the power of God to hear our prayer and to answer according to his plan. And prayer guides everything that we do here at Redeemer. It's an essential element that keeps us rooted and grounded no matter what comes and no matter what happens in the culture of our world. And interestingly enough, Paul, as he's teaching the people about prayer, as he's helping them to understand how to put that into practice in their life, he actually uses the imagery of battle gear. Isn't that interesting? He begins to teach them about prayer and he uses this image of putting on battle gear when he talks about prayer. He says, put on the full armor of God to protect yourself as you go into your day. And so he does it, he begins to describe that in verse 14. He says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which with you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 
Now, why does he take time to describe all six of these different elements? Why does he use this imagery of putting on the armor of God, and why is that important for our life today? Well, I actually had a seminary professor who helped us to really understand all of these various terms and how we can uh, equip them and use them in our own life. And so if you just hang with me for a minute, I want to describe these a little bit because I think it's really powerful for us as Christians today to know what these things are and to know why they're important for our lives today. So I want to start with the first thing that he talked about. He says, first of all, you've got to put on the belt of truth. And I find this to be really practical for us today. He says um, this idea in the, in the first century world was you, this means that you're ready for action. When they would put on their belt or their sash in that day, it means I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm ready to be into action. They'd wear some of these long robes and sometimes they'd have to gird them up, which means I'm ready for the day. And I'm going to put on this belt of truth. A reminder that each one of us, every morning, need to remind ourselves to put on this belt of integrity, that I'm going to be a person of the truth. I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do, and I'm going to do that to the best of my ability. So he says, first of all, you've got to put on the belt of truth. Then you have to put on the breastplate of righteousness, a reminder that we are a reflection of Christ. We talked about that last week. It's this high calling and responsibility that each one of us are called to imitate God in all that we do. Do we think about that? Do we just rush into our day and do things? But he says you have to put on the breastplate of righteousness, a reminder that you are a reflection of Christ. And, it ref and what does that breastplate do? It protects our heart. We have to protect and to think about the things that come into our life, that we are a reflection of Christ's character. Put on the belt of truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. And then put on shoes fitted for the gospel of peace. When we put on our shoes, what does it mean? It means that we're ready to go somewhere. It means we're ready to be in action. And it's a reminder that you and I are a messenger of good news and that everywhere we go in that day that we are to share the love and the peace of Christ. Do we ever think about that? And when you put your shoes on in the morning to go somewhere and when you came here today and when you leave, that you and I have the responsibility and the privilege to be a messenger of good news and to take the hope and joy and peace of Christ wherever we go. To think about that, putting on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and shoes fitted with the gospel of peace. And then he says, take up the shield of faith. And I have a picture of this because Paul has in mind here these large uh, Roman shields that the infantry would use back in the day to protect their whole bodies. You've probably seen some of these in movies they were about uh, four feet tall and about two and a half wide. They were usually constructed of leather stretched over wood, reinforced with metal at the top and the bottom. And especially if they were soaked in water, they were really effective at, at extinguishing these flaming arrows that would sometimes come at them. And I love this picture because it reminds us that when we are together with other believers, we become this unstoppable force as we put our shields uh, together so that you can um, be protected from all sides. 
And the shield of faith was really important for Paul to remember that these flaming arrows, they come at us all the time. What do those look like for us today? The arrow of worry? The arrow of fear? The arrows of temptation? The arrows of loneliness? The arrows of depression and anxiety? All of those things that come at us, all of the things that we see in the news, they come at us all the time pretty hard and fast. And so we have to be reminded that we have the shield of faith, that our faith grounds us and our faith helps us when all of those things come at us every single day. Then he says, put on the helmet of salvation. The helmet is sort of this idea of victory. It indicates that the battle has already been won. It's a reminder that we have to protect our mind and our thoughts and not let that fear and anxiety and all of those things that come at us keep running around in our head. We're gonna put on the truth. We're gonna put on our helmet and then we're gonna take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of Christ. A Christian is empowered by the word of God as we get that into our heart. As Paul told Timothy, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. Another scripture, right? Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when we allow that, that, that to go in our minds and we think about all of that stuff, what if you were to take a few minutes in the morning And to think about that as you were getting dressed or in your prayer time, to think about putting on all of that armor of God. I'm gonna put on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and shoes fitted with the gospel of peace. And I'm gonna hold on to my faith no matter what comes at me today. And I'm gonna guard my heart and my mind. And I'm gonna remember the word of God. I promise you that if you take some time to do that, you will feel a power and a strength that matters, and a power and a strength that will get you through your day. It's a powerful exercise. I encourage you to do it. And then he continues in verse 18. He tells them, I want you to think about putting on your battle gear in prayer. And then he says this in verse 18. He says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert keep all, and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray about whatever's on your mind. When you find out someone has cancer, pray that God will heal them. If your boss drives you crazy, talk to God about it. If you have headaches, tell him that you hurt. If your marriage is in tough shape, ask God for help. If you're considering replacing a car, ask God for wisdom. Prayer is not our last result. Prayer is not our last resort. Sometimes we we say, you know, well, we've done everything else and, and all we have left to do is to pray. No. Prayer is what we do first in every situation. Prayer is our weapon. Prayer is our thing that we have a chance to do. It is a powerful approach to every situation. And sometimes we don't see the immediate results of our prayer. A lot of times we don't. But we continue to pray and we continue to persevere because it's God's loving presence that we begin to feel and to know as we continue in prayer. I've learned that prayer may not always change what God does. God doesn't always answer the way I want him to. But prayer changes me. 
And it changes my heart and it changes my, per my perspective and it keeps me sensitive and it reminds me that I'm not in control. But I want to stay close to the one who is. Prayer is always about a relationship. Just like the man who, who pulled that chair close to him and, and it was a visual reminder that, that this thing called prayer is not just throwing something up into the sky and hope it matters but it's a relationship with a person who loves you. And it's a reminder that we're never ever alone because we can pull up that chair all the time, right? It doesn't matter when it is. Prayer is all about a relationship. And I believe that God most enjoys prayer when it is natural and direct and simple. One of the most important um, things to effective communication is just being honest, right? The prayers of godly people re recorded in scripture were all about honesty. If you go through the Psalms and you take a look at what people wrote, it's sort of like their own prayer journal. And when people were lonely, they told God they were lonely. And when they were afraid, they told him they were afraid. And when they had doubts, they told him that they had doubts. And when they were angry, they just told God like it is. If you read some of David's stuff, he says, you know, just tear my enemies apart, Lord. That, that's how he felt. He was just honest before God. As a parent, I remember when my uh, son Aaron was little and he was afraid of the thunderstorms. And so he would just come and he'd, he'd crawl up in my lap and say, Mommy, I'm scared. Well, any of you, what, what do we do as a parent when our little child is scared, right? We just comfort them, we just hold them, and we just help them. What if he said to me in those moments, Oh, mother, I beseech your presence, great provider of all that I have. Grant me thy presence through the long watches of the night, for my lingering fears beset me. Verily, until dawn's first rays of last light, my heart with hope. Sounds pretty, but he's not going to do that. And I don't want him to do that. I want my child to be honest about what he feels. And sometimes we make prayer so complicated because we think we have to have these big words and make it sound real pretty and all be perfect. Oh, I could never pray in front of somebody else. I just wouldn't know what to say. Or I couldn't pray in front of my family. And what if it doesn't sound very good? And what if it doesn't all work out? That's okay. It's fine. Our little kids, they sort of run around and talk about all sorts of things. Do we understand everything that they say with your little grandkids? Not really. But it doesn't matter. Because we know their heart and we know what's going on. Just be honest. Pray in the spirit in all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests no matter what age we are. And yes, we practice with prayer and we do that, but it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't ever have to be perfect. It just has to be honest. I saw this picture on Facebook and I love it. Does that sometimes be what we do? Dear God, might not always make sense. And what does he say back? Dear child, I know. I love you. God. And in the midst of all that we're going through and the pain and the struggle and the turmoil, sometimes that's all we can do is to offer that to God. Prayer is the foundation of my life. 
Through every transition and every challenge and every joy, I am dependent upon prayer. It's what guides my life. It's what guides my decision-making. It is what guides my leadership. Prayer is absolutely foundational to who I am and trusting God every step of the way and letting him lead me. Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. To stand strong and tall like the trees around us and that the winds can blow and the storms can develop and yet our faith holds us true and the hope that we have never, ever wavers. You and I are never alone. That's what prayer reminds us. So how is your prayer life these days? Is it the place that you draw your strength and your power each day? Or is it what you turn to as a last resort? Can you visualize Jesus in the chair in front of you as you pray? Or could you visualize putting on that armor as you pray each morning and get ready for the day? Prayer is an essential root in the life of the Christian. We cannot live without it. And we've talked about those other roots, the root of identity, you have to know who you are. And the root of unity, that we are best when we are united in the mission of Christ. The root of teamwork, that every person has a place in ministry and we do the best when we work together. And the root of integrity that we talked about last week, living a life of love as one who imitates Christ in all that we do, especially with those closest to us. These roots hold us strong in every season of life. As we close this morning, I just want to leave us with this quote from Walter Rochenbosch. I thought it was really important. It says it, and you'll see it on the screen. He says this, Pray always, with special reference to the needs of the day and the hour, the warfare to be waged, the temptations to be resisted, the work to be done, the sorrow to be borne. Put your life into prayer. Let it be the most real and most immediate business of your life. Isn't that amazing what he says? Let it be the most real and immediate business of our life, that everything that we do and everything that we are comes from and out of prayer and this relationship with Christ. We need strength. Life is hard right now. It's full of difficulties and challenges and temptations, and life is chaotic, and there's a lot that we cannot control. But there is one thing that we do have that does not ever change. And that is how we respond to all the chaos around us. And we have something that holds us true and strong and can never be taken away, and that is prayer. Prayer matters. It makes all the difference, giving us power and energy and strength for every single day. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are the almighty God. You are big and powerful and and over everything that we can possibly imagine. And yet you are as close as the air that we breathe and you care about the deep things of our hearts and the small things of our life too. And sometimes it's hard for us to imagine 
that those two things can coexist, and yet they do. That you are big enough, and yet you are close enough to hear and to know the things on our hearts and our life. And so, Lord, I pray that we might tap into that strength, that we might tap into that energy, that we might, Lord, invest in that relationship with you in prayer every single day, that we'd figure out, Lord, how to carve out that time to be energized for our day. And so, Lord, I pray that you would keep us close to you and close to your heart this week. In the precious name of Christ we pray. Amen. Well, as we close today, we have just a couple of announcements uh, that I'd like to bring up. We have a something called a Digging Deeper Guide. If you'd like to go a little deeper into the message and some things about that, there are some questions for individual reflection. You can do them together uh, with your family or a friend, or you could do them uh, together as a small group. And so those are available on your way out at either door. There's a small table there in the entryway. And you can just pick one of those up and see if that is helpful for you as you dig a little bit more into uh, the message. Secondly, we're in the business of uh, collecting some th items for our backpacks for kids. We're doing that uh, for trying to do 270 backpacks for students in Clinton County who need some supplies. And so I wanna encourage you, if you'd like to be a part of that, you can um, shop for items or you can give a contribution and somebody will shop for you. And uh, so we're gonna dedicate those next Sunday. So I encourage you uh, to be a part of that. And then also we're gonna be starting a new uh, message series next week. It's called uh, New Territory. And you know, the fall is, is gonna look a little bit different and, and school is gonna look a little bit different for many. And uh, how do we deal with that? How do we deal with some new territory? We're gonna take a look at the ancient Israelites and how they um, moved into some new territory and uh, learn some things from them. So I wanna encourage you uh, that that will start next week for the rest of the month. All right, would you stand together as we prepare uh, to close this morning? Go now with the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that you might be strengthened and energized by his word this morning, that we might be focused in prayer together and to pray for all of the things in our lives, in our nation, and our world this week. Go now with his blessing. In Christ we pray, amen. Have a beautiful and wonderful day. Thanks so much for coming this morning.